Could the film Manhattan by Woody Allen be made today? Hey, good evening, everyone. John Henry. So good evening, I said. Wow. <laughs> I just had a show last night, so I think I'm still I'm still on that show. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. John Henry Soto here. It is 7 a.m. in the morning. And uh it is June 16th, 2021. Uh thank you very much for watching. Uh, appreciate everybody in the last uh a uh, couple of weeks, I've been getting more engagement and more people watching, which is really awesome. I appreciate that. If you like that, if you like these morning uh, little conversations, please like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Share the page. Share the the thing, whatever you're watching it on. <laughs> and uh, I would appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. So this morning, this week, I decided to kind of do movies. I'm a filmmaker. I love making movies. And I thought, let me just make some films i've done a lot of things on music i've done some stuff on film but, but um i wanted to uh make a whole week of some of my favorite films right and um monday we covered goodfellas yesterday we covered prisoner of second avenue and today we're gonna cover manhattan by woody allen and the interesting uh thing about manhattan is sometimes i you know, when, when I first watched it, I just thought it was it was just a film. You know, I wasn't going too crazy on it. Um, but now, because of the current state of the way the world is, or not really necessarily the world, just a few group of people that make a lot of noise, um, the premise of the film Manhattan, you would kind of raise your eyebrow at if you had that that premise. I mean, even if just by reading the uh, the description of the the uh, you know little preview of, of what the film's about it says the life of a divorced television writer dating a 19 year uh, a teenage girl is further complicated when he falls in love with his best friend's mistress so that sentence right there there is so much wrong going on in that whole world first of all he's writing for television i'm just kidding but that's television in 1975, right? Which was uh, when this when this film, I'm sorry, this film came out in 1979. So this film came out and uh, was a hit hit film. People really liked it. I really love this film. I I I think it's one of those um, one of those films that captures a moment of New York City. And it's a black and white film. Uh, Woody Allen decided he chose black and white to go with the film. Um, and Manhattan is one of those films that had a lot of people in it that are that became, you know, like Meryl Streep was in this, uh, you know, Meryl uh, Hemingway, of course, uh, Diane Keaton, of course, uh, um, she had been in, in Annie Hall. Um, and, you know, you you find these. Um, these moments in this film that really for me actually made me inspired me to write my film that I wrote called the coffee list, which was a short film. Um, and it sort of had 
sort of the idea of an older man dating or being interested with a younger woman, not a teenager. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't go that far down, but um, I wanted to write something interesting of a, of that dynamic, you know, because sometimes you'll meet someone, um, you know, a lot younger, and you totally connect with that person. You know, and, and I'm not talking of a relationship sexual uh, type. I'm talking about just a, somebody that you meet, you know, a younger, it could be, you know, a younger man or a younger woman or just a younger couple. Um, you immediately kind of get a, a good vibe. And as an older person, you, you, you gel, you click, you know, and that can happen with anybody, you know, that can happen. Um, I mean, there's a certain limit, obviously, right? Um, you know, he uh, fell in love um, or I don't think he was really in love, but he had a much younger woman that he was interested in. And you could see them walking here. It's Woody Allen and uh, Meryl Hemingway, Diane Keaton, um, and um, Michael Murphy. I always forget his name, but, um, you know, that's the, one of their scenes. Now, I'm a little, imp you know, um, Woody Allen kind of, you know, not really looks like me, but, you know, he's short, he's got glasses, you know, balding, um, you know, so it's, it's, I, I can identify, I guess, with some of his, uh, dilemmas. He's a, he's a writer. So some, some similar stuff that, that I can identify with, um, you know, with, uh, Woody Allen, this is, uh, him with Meryl Streep looking beautiful. She looks amazing in this film. Um, and uh, he's this is his ex wife, I believe, in this film. Um, I haven't seen this in a, a long time. I couldn't even find it to view it anywhere. So I don't, I don't know why. But um, Meryl Streep in, in this one of I guess one of her earlier, much earlier films. Um, and of course, the beautiful Diane Keaton, who, um, you know, they dated back in the Woody Allen and Diane Keaton dated back then. And she was in many of his films and um, always had just a great performance. You know, I think, you know, you, you meet those uh, those actors, right, that they kind of just gel. And I keep saying the word gel today this morning. It's a gel kind of a morning. <laughs> so but you you have these directors and writers kind of really blending really well with uh, with a current with an actor. Uh, yesterday we spoke about. Neil Simon, right? Well, Neil Simon, had, you know, has used uh, like Walter Matthau in a, in a, you know, in a couple of films, um, Jack Lemmon as well. And he's, you know, and then you come back, Martin Scorsese is, you know, used De Niro and, and, uh, and, and Joe Pesci uh, in, in a lot of films. Um, and it just works. Everybody on set, I, you know, can really uh, make it work. And I'm, I think Woody Allen has that that ability where he finds somebody that he knows is going to work. And lately, it's been uh, Scarlett Johansson, right, where he's used her quite a bit in a, in a lot of films, and she's fantastic. I love her. Um, so he knows how to pick them. Um, so of course, there's a lot of controversy behind Woody Allen as well. Um, I'm really just focusing on his film work, um, just the actual images that he shot, that he the, the words that he wrote. And the film that he directed, um, this is what I'm, I'm mainly uh, focused on. And of course, there's the famous shot where he's talking about New York City and he loves it. And now this is remember this is 1975, so New York City was not in its heyday. You know, what I mean, it, it was 
it was in a rough position in 1975. The city was broke. I mean, 1979, the city was having some real financial difficulties. Um, there you have the, uh, the, the, the bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, and, you know, it was really not, but, but Woody Allen just loves New York. He loves everything about New York. He's always lived in New York. Um, he started shooting again in Europe. Um, only because of the investors in uh, in America were getting wanting to get into his films, um, like to make suggestions and to to move things around. And he doesn't work that way. He works on his own. He doesn't make, take any uh, any suggestions from people. And uh, you know, I kind of understand that it's it's difficult when you're putting stuff together um, and you have a vision in your mind, and somebody comes in and says, "Why don't you do this? I think that would work better." You know, kind of ruins it. So he just says, you know, he says, listen, bring the money in a brown paper bag, give it to me, and I will turn over a film to you within a year, you know. Um, and that's how he works, and that's how he's done uh, almost 50 films, um, 50 years of filmmaking, of films. So pretty amazing that those are his films. You know, a lot of people say, well, he only did 50 films. I'm like, you know, you don't understand. He wrote, directed, cast edited 50 films you know a lot of people are in a lot of films because they're in other people's projects right so you'll have somebody who's in uh, you know three three films a year you know that's a little different um so my film um which was called the coffee list and uh with the beautiful casey mcdougall um i played a college professor named um mr thompson professor thompson and um, I was a college professor and a young lady who was one of my students graduated and decided to try to get me to have a cup of coffee with with uh, me. She was interested in me. And um, this is one of our scenes together. And we had a great time shooting this, you know, um, at the time. They didn't, and even today, I don't look at it like there's anything there was anything inappropriate about our, our film. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. And um, Casey is wonderful. Casey and I have worked together numerous times in a bunch of different films. Um, she's she's amazing. She's great. She moved to Los Angeles and is doing really well over there in California these days. And um, but we did. Uh, she was in uh, another film I did called Tracy on the Bench. She did another film. I was in one. I was in her series called Holding, which was um, I was I did I think two episodes of a of a web series she did, which did really well also. And um, and we've, we I can't think of anything else we worked together, but we did a, a few other things. And we did a podcast for about a year. We did a couple of shows. We did about forty shows on a on a podcast, which was a lot of fun. We had uh, some guests on there as well very early on for us in that in that space we didn't really have a lot of uh, uh too much knowledge of what we were doing but we had a lot of fun and so she's one of those people that as soon as um if i can get the funding for something i would put her into a, you know i would get her into all my films all my projects <laughs> um so she's that 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 for me you know um a couple of other people that i've met throughout the you know throughout the years here um that you get but let me just talk about Manhattan, right? So anyway, you know the premise of the film. Um, Woody Allen plays a guy named Isaac. He's uh, dating a uh, girl named Tracy. She's uh, um, by, played by Merle Hemingway. Merle, um, Mariel Hemingway. I said Merle. Mariel Hemingway is um, 
I think in the film, I think she plays like a 17 year old or something. So he's really, really uh, playing. He's like in his 40s or something going through obviously some crisis. Um, she is very, very well educated. She's um, has a good head on her shoulders. Um, Meryl Streep is the ex-wife. And um, Michael Murphy has the uh, has a uh, is married and falls in love and Michael Murphy has a mistress played by Diane Keaton and um, Woody Allen meets Diane Keaton Michael Murphy uh, as they're all going out and um, Woody Allen falls in love with Diane Keaton so now he's uh, not only dating a teenage girl but he's also now in love with his um, with his friend's um, mistress <laughs> so so it's kind of a mess ensues and uh, a lot of stress and he hates his job. He's writing kind of, you know, he's writing for television, which back in 1979 was not, you know, it was a little bit of a, a fluff. Um, it was uh, nominated. This film was nominated for two Academy Awards and um, um, Meryl, uh, Muriel, ugh, it's hard to say that. That name Hemingway. She was uh, uh, nominated for a Best Actress supporting role, and um, also Woody Allen was nominated for a Best Screenplay um, for him, and also Marshall Brickman, who who co-wrote the with him, um, won a bunch of awards and uh, all over the world and stuff, and um, they won um, the the BAFTA award, um, which is a, a, a big award. Best film, best screenplay, best actor, best, you know, won a bunch of stuff. Uh, they were nominated, actually, I should say nominated, but did win best screenplay. And so the film is, you know, Woody Allen films are very um, uh, character driven. They're narratives. They're kind of like the films that I like to, to do. I think one of the reasons I like to do these films is because they're inexpensive. All you have to do is you have to write a good story though you have to write a good story that's the big thing if you don't write a good story then it's pointless work on the story first and really make sure you have a good arc and that it makes sense and that it brings people on a journey and that you have little surprises here and there and then you make people feel uh, even sometimes you can make people feel even angry at, at, a, at characters even though the characters are the the protagonist of the the story, you can upset the audience with their decisions, right? Even if if you, you you like them, but you're like, oh, why is he doing this? Why did he say that? And it's one of the things I did. This is my latest film, um, and on that day, starring uh, Henry Packer. And um, when I wrote this, I had a couple of uh, lines on it that were a little tough and I was kind of like, I want to say that to somebody. And then I thought, yeah, because it's not me saying it. It's this guy is his frustration of having worked in this place. And you see the film, it's a guy who on his last day of work decides to make some changes. Um, and he gives this monologue towards the, uh, the middle of the film. And he says some things that are a little tough, you know, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, but he's frustrated. You know, it's been a long time that he's been uh, holding this in. So he has to say it. It has to be tough. It has to be rough, you know, and it might make people a little bit upset about that. Or it may actually make people laugh. I don't know, but it depends. 
but that's kind of like when, when you watch uh, um, Woody Allen in this film, he's such a, a sleaze, right? Um, you know, he's got this young teenage girl, then he's got his ex-wife, and then he's got the, the mistress of his friend that he's in love with, you know. So he creates these entanglements, you know, and he has these uh, different emotional, you know, he, he he attaches different emotions to the, this character and he brings people along on a journey that they kind of are sort of like this guy is a mess you know but that's fine because i mean he generally plays narc you know, uh, neurotic guys right and um it's kind of what he does the best right and so this is no different than that you know but Within this, there's some beautiful shots, beautiful writing. The fun, the writing is hilarious, very, very funny. Um, all the performances, obviously. I mean, these are the these are the top actors that you have at that time. Um, today, most of them are still, all of them are actually still kicking and doing really well. Um, and I think that it's one of those uh, films that people don't really talk about. I think because the subject matter is a little bit risque. Um, Things have sort of changed in the last, uh, you know, few years, maybe even 10 years. Um, not for the better, in my opinion. I think they've gotten a little bit too, uh, they push people to create what's going to be accepted and not what they really feel of writing. And I don't really want to be that that person. If I if I never make a dime in my, in my films, I don't really care. I'm going to make them the way I want to make them. Um and and that's it you know someday people will watch them you know on youtube or whatever service is available on a, on a blockchain on my blockchain they'll they'll watch it and, and hopefully they'll, they'll get a little uh, entertainment out of them but i think that when you're writing and when you're being creative you know you have to be able to have the freedom to communicate with the characters as you feel as you as as the situation calls for you know there's nothing worse than a, a film of just everyone just doing the right thing right there's a conflict in film right that's what film is about you know that's why that's why we watch them because we want to see somebody in a situation and how do they resolve it and how did they get into that mess to begin with and what decisions they made along the way to get themselves into that decision, you know, into that situation. Did they make decisions based on other people around them or did they base it on themselves? There's all these different things that you can mess around with when you're writing a film that if you're aware that this is going to get canceled because of uh, whatever you're writing um, and you're writing around that idea to not get canceled, well, you really tend to lose, you know, you're losing, you know, you're, you're not, first of all, you're not creating an original piece of work. You're creating a piece of work that's meant for other people's satisfaction, not for your own and not even for the story. You know, you have to move the story forward and you have to do things that are, um, that the character, even if it's risque and it makes people kind of cringe a little bit, you have to make those decisions because that is what the character is. That is who the character is. So you can't deny the story. You know, don't deny your own creative abilities just because a group, a small group, by the way, a very small group of 
people that try to go around canceling others. Um, very small group, by the way. Very small group. Um, they but they just have a loud voice. You know, they just talk loud and they make uh, uh, rid ridiculous points. You know. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I don't want to get into the whole spectrum of the political world, um, which is not really politics. It's more of a just this weird cancer culture that we're living in right now. A film like this, you start wondering, could this be put out today? You know, because you know you have a lot of. Uh, but then again, I look at what MTV is showing on some of these, you know, pregnant teenager shows and uh, these reality shows that have much more crazier content than some of these films, you know. So I think it, it depends. I think there's a lot of, uh, of filmmakers out there who don't care about cancer culture. Um, Quentin Tarantino comes to mind. He's going to make the film that he wants to make. And if you don't like it, you know what he's going to tell you. You know what he's going to tell you. Uh, Scorsese does the same thing. Um, the greats, you know, the great filmmakers of our time are going to make films. Even today, they're going to make the films that they want to make, not the films that are going to be accepted in society in, or, or at least to those uh, mental cases in society that try to cancel everyone for every little thing. Um, just ridiculous, you know. I just heard recently that um, they're trying to cancel um, um, Lin Manuel for for his new film In the Heights, which I saw yesterday. I saw the um, just the eight minute trailer that they had, like a preview, the first eight minutes on YouTube, and it was so good. I was just I was so happy that they took this wonderful piece of music and story that I identify with having grown up in the Bronx. I grew up in that environment. Exactly what, what those songs say. That was me. You know, that was me and my friends. I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing story. And then to translate it from what I saw, the eight minutes that I saw, and I haven't watched it yet because I'm waiting for a few things that I'll be announcing uh, next week. Um, but as soon as um, I saw that trailer and as soon as I, 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 I felt that they did such a great job, but of course he was almost canceled because they said that he didn't cast a black person in the lead role. I'm like, but that's not what it's about. It would change the whole song. Most of the song, the songs are about him being born, you know, being in the Dominican Republic and being uh, raised in Washington Heights. What? What? Do you have a mental disability that you can't you can't think with the idea that the story is not about that? You know, it just kills me. It cracks me up. So anyway, he's obviously did his thing. The film is great. Shoved it right up there, whatever. And it's a great piece of art. And I think that that he did it exactly the way he should have done it. Um, he took he stayed true to the story. And from what I saw, again, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but he's he um he created the the mood, I should say, that the music and the the musical made you feel, you know, um, the story, what it made you feel. And as I said before, and I'll always say it on this show, Maya Angelou's uh, quote, people will not remember what you did or what you said. They'll always remember how you made them feel. So make people feel good. All right, folks. I want to thank you all for tuning in. 
I appreciate you all so much. You have no idea. Please, if you like what I do here every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Fridays, please like, share, and subscribe. Um, tell your friends that there's this little Puerto Rican dude that comes on in the morning and he talks smack for about 30 minutes. Um, and hopefully give a little inspiration and a little bit of a smile to your faces as you begin your morning and start your day. All right, folks, I want to thank you all. I will see you all tomorrow morning. Make today great. Do the things that you love. Take care of yourselves. And as always, peace.